Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate, and ultimately enjoy more money. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Today I want to talk to you about your creativity and I want to give you seven tips to become more creative and see opportunities. When we talk about see opportunities, it's kind of seeing it in your mind, seeing it in your imagination. You know, there are a lot of people there out there that almost seem to see opportunities where other people just see problems, right? So I'm going to go into this right now. First of all, have you ever been in a country where you've had trouble finding a taxi, cab, you know, you, you just can't get taxis? Now, this has happened to me many times in, you know, in countries like America, where I was recently stuck for hours in, in this uh, beach resort miles from my hotel and I had to get three buses to get back. It was, it was, a, it was a nightmare journey, honestly. Um, and, and I've been in the Far East, places like the Philippines, uh, it's not only hard to find a taxi or it used to be, but you know, when you get one, it's always this dirty old car and you know, they don't want to put the meter on. They want to sort of quote you a, a price that's double what you, you get from the locals. So you're always trying to be ripped off. And then there's the airport, you know, as soon as you get to the airport, it, you know, the charges seem to go up five or six times. So, you know, it, it's always a problem. I'm sure we've all been there or been stuck in the middle of London at night. You know, now I heard a story recently that the founders of a well-known company were in a similar situation while attending a conference in Paris a few years ago, but they decided to do something about it. Uh, now, they went on to, to found a company that you know, now helps millions of people uh, find a ride in, in cities all over the world with a good transparent service, uh, which you can use from your phone and pay for without cash, and you get a polite driver and you, know, you can call him from your phone. Now, I th I'm sure you know which company we're talking about, but let me go to, into a bit more detail. According to Investopedia, Uber, their story started in Paris in 2008. Two friends, Travis Kalanarik and Garrett Camp, were attending a, a, a Lee Webb uh, annual tech conference. And, uh, you know, they were, uh, th this is a conference that sort of talks about the evolutionaries of the future. And, you know, both guys had recently sold startups and they'd made a bit of money from selling startups, you know, for millions of pounds. Um, and for instance, Camp sold StumbleUpon to eBay for 75 million. Why they bought StumbleUpon for 75 million, I don't know, but he made 75 million. So good luck to him. <laughs> now, the rumor goes or the story goes that Uber was born one winter's night when, you know, outside the conference, the, the pair were literally unable to get a cab. Now, I've, I've been in Paris. It, it can be difficult as well. Now, initially, the idea they had was, why don't we do something about this? They thought about maybe having a timeshare limo service, uh, you know, but eventually morphed into, you know, the idea we know today. Uh, you know, in 2000, this goes back to 2019 after Camp had sold StumbleUpon, but he, he was working on the, the uh, prototype for Uber Cab and he, he he actually went back home and bought the domain name ubercab.com. So he immediately took some action and, and that's a key thing here. Uh, but then he uh, 
you know, persuaded the, the other partner to, to get involved. And, uh, you know, to cut a long story short, the service was tested in New York in 2010 using only three cars. And officially the launch took place in, uh, in the same year in San Francisco in May. I mean, the rest is, is history, right? You know, Uber's disruptive technology and explosive growth have made it one of the most fa you know, fascinating and uh, you know, fastest growing companies to emerge in the past 10 years. You know, the 10-year-old company has grown to be one of the highest uh, private startup companies in the world. You know, it went from up to 70 billion, then it went down to 48 billion where there's some controversy. I mean, there was some controversy in London, of course. But uh, in, in last May in 2008, the company announced a new tender offer uh, that would bump the company's value up to 62 billion, 62 billion. So in 10 years from nothing, from, you know, an app that calls taxis, don't even own any taxis, they grew to 60 billion, uh, which is, is, is quite amazing. Uh, apparently, they got an offer for 20% of their shares from a Japanese company, and that, that officially values it at 62 billion at that time. Now, we know there's been problems with Uber and there's been ups and downs and that sort of thing. But generally, it's a good service. You know, I, I was on a holiday recently in the Far East and I've used similar apps to Uber that have emerged in the last few years. Cars are clean. The majority of drivers are polite. You know, I no longer get ripped off at the airport and paying you know airport taxis at a high rate. And yeah, OK, sometimes the drivers are a bit uh, naive. They don't know where they're going. They have to rely on their phone app. And I know the traditional taxi drivers don't like them, but let's face it. You know, we, for years, we were paying a lot of money to come out of the city in a traditional black taxi. And they didn't take uh, uh, credit cards. No, my machine's not working. They wouldn't stop in the street. You'd be waving them down. They they, they decide they're not going to stop. Or when they stop, they, they decided that, you know, where you were going is not their, their way home that night. So and since Uber's come along, it's revolutionized things. It's made it cheaper, uh, easier to find and, and, and et cetera. We, we, we all know this. I'm sure many of you have used Uber uh, where, where you are. Uh, and, and I think it's a great service. Okay. Prices have gone up a bit. Perhaps they've captured their market share and they're pushing their prices up, but still, you know, looking at the overall story from finding a problem, from finding a problem, they, they've turned that into seeing an opportunity and, you know, literally, uh, forming a, a, a company. Now, let me ask you this. Do you ever find yourself complaining about a service or a situation or something you don't like? I'm sure you do. I mean, I, I do all the time. Now, one of my mentors, Dr. Dr. Joe Vitale, said that whenever you see a lot of people complaining about something, there is always an opportunity there. And and I, I really believe that. Now, I used to complain about things um, like not being able to get a taxi, but I never really saw the opportunity of how I could do something about it. I mean, I had no desire to form a, a taxi company. But then Uber don't own any taxis, do they? It's, they just provide the service and the platform. And that's grown to 60 billion. There's not any taxi firms that are worth 60 billion. I don't think there are any. And Airbnb, for instance, do not own any properties, although the founders, I think, you know, the directors own properties, but they're not a, a property company. Booking.com does, does not run hotels. All these companies are providing the service, but without actually owning the, 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 the actual service itself. So, there's always opportunities there. Not everybody sees it. Now, we're not all able to form Ubers and Booking.com and, and Airbnb, but you know, why not? Um, now, you may have seen the recent movie, uh, The Greatest Showman, about B.T. Barnum. Fantastic film. Go and see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, now, he was not only a showman, but he was one of those people that 
became a multimillionaire in, in the mid-1800s. And he was able to see opportunities where other people just saw problems, like when he helped uh, this guy who became General Tom Thumb, who was a guy who'd only grew to three feet. Now, everyone thought, well, this guy, poor guy, you know, all this sort of stuff. But he, he heard about him, went to him, and he, he literally made him a star. Uh, so he saw things. Now, a lot of people have accused him of being um, uh, sailing a bit close to the wind, as it were. But, you know, that was just his style. He didn't rip people off. He made people happy. And he he, he is uh, one very, very interesting guy. And, you know, the film is fantastic. But I, I think you could read a lot about him and learn a lot about marketing, disruption, and this sort of guerrilla marketing techniques that he used. Now, thousands of products have and businesses have been started up by people who wanted to solve a problem. Um, you know, I'm sure you've had ideas yourself for, for problems, but perhaps you were not able to follow them up, uh, follow them through. Sometimes, you know, you had that little voice in the back of your head saying, oh, you know, mm, I don't think that's going to work. You know, someone's probably already done it already. And it's too difficult. You'll never be able to do that. You don't, you don't understand this. Now, before you know it, you've talked yourself out of it. And then what happens? A few years later, you see that someone else has stolen, stolen your idea. Now, I'll give you an example. Uh, years ago, I used to, 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 to uh, in financial services, I used to see a lot of people in London and uh, we couldn't always meet at their office. So we'd have to find hotel lobbies, and which wasn't always convenient or, or bars and that sort of thing to, to talk. And, you know, they were noisy. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there was an office that you could rent for a few hours in, in, in city centres, uh, somewhere where you could go and, and perhaps have an office. And I thought about it, I thought about it, well, yeah, but could you really make any money out of it? How would you do it? You know, in the end, I, I just found it too difficult to get together. And of course, what happened, uh, this, this, this idea has now been, been taken up uh, and, and now you've got offices like this, serviced offices all over the world, haven't you, right? So someone else took that same problem and turned it into an opportunity. Unfortunately, it, it wasn't me. Now, um, what I'm saying here is what you need to do is open your mind a bit and you, you will see the opportunities, see the mind in your mind. You will see the opportunities uh, and, and you too could become a visionary like Barnum, like you know Richard Branson, like many, many entrepreneurs that, that formed companies like Airbnb, Uber, Booking.com, and, and many others. And some of these companies were just started on a shoestring. Amazon was started in a garage. You know, Dell was started in a garage. All these companies have made the founders billionaires. Now, you don't have to become a billionaire, you know, um, like the founders of Facebook. I mean, what did that? What did they found that for? They wanted to meet girls on campus or provide a, a platform to, to be able to meet girls on campus. How, how simple is that? You know, and do you remember how it was... Uh, doing a, a search before Google, you know, I think it was web crawler. You'd you'd put in this thing and it would search. It would go on and on like for ages, and then it would come back and you can't find anything. And then Google come along. And it was wow, you know. And I'm sure the founders of Google must have seen some problems in the way things were searched and the way things were categorized and saved on on the internet. And and that's how these things uh, were formed. Now it doesn't mean you have to form a multi billion pound company. Maybe you could see an idea that could help you get into a business or, or or invent a product or or anything it doesn't have to be you know a world beating thing it could just be something that could transform your your own life and your own finances now i'm going to give you seven techniques to help you become more creative 
and help you to see those opportunities. Okay, so let's tip number one, open your mind and just realize and, and believe that problems are opportunities. Now remember the old saying, where there's muck, there's brass. And, and that just means that where there's dirt and messy problems or, you know, you could call muck means dirt, right? So where there's dirt, where there's problems, there's messy things, there's, there's, there's money and an opportunity. Why? Because people don't want to go there, do they? People don't want to deal with difficult and messy things. So where there's muck, there's brass. So just open your mind and realize. And the next time you find yourself thinking, oh, this, this is a problem. Like, you know, I can't get a restaurant table. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, just think maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe I can do something about that. Now, the other thing you need to do is if you want to see opportunities, you must be able to sort of clear the clutter and noise from your mind, right? Sometimes we literally can't see the wood from the trees. You know, you know that saying, which means that, you know, our minds are so cluttered up with so many things that we can't see the things right in front of us. So techniques to clear your mind include meditation. Now, that could be just being quiet with yourself. You know, meditation, I think I've said this before, doesn't have to be this long, complicated thing that takes years to learn. You know, you can do simple meditation techniques right now sitting in your chair you don't have to sit and cross-legged going om om the money will come om om the money will no it's not it's not like that you don't have to listen to meditation tapes or you know music with waves crashing and all that sort of thing. you can do that if you want it can help you uh, relax but you know just sitting there for 10 minutes 20 minutes five minutes uh and, and sitting still and concentrating on your breathing that's one way to sort of Make your mind just focus on, on one thing, which is your breathing. So let, let's just try it now. Breathe. Breathe in through your, your, your tummy uh, and breathe right down into your tummy, not in your chest. You don't want to be, you want to be breathing into your, into your stomach and, and just breathe maybe for five seconds. Hold it. Breathe out for five seconds. Just, just do that and, and, and see the, the, the rising and falling of your tummy. And just try that for a few minutes. Just try that, you know, just for set, set an alarm on your clock for five minutes and just close your eyes, relax, try and clear your mind. And if thoughts come into your mind, just let them drift out again. Just breathe for five minutes. Just sit there. Don't have the phone binging and pinging and uh, ringing. Uh, just, just try and be alone with yourself. Try and be comfortable with yourself in your own company. Now, um, you know, I'd say that you know, with practice, you can do this for longer and you can really go deep into meditation. But that, that technique alone will just help you clear your mind. I try and do this every morning as part of my morning ritual. And, you know, if you don't, if you just rush off into the day, you know, your mind seems to stay cluttered up for, for the whole day. But by, by meditating, you can just get yourself into a, a relaxed zone. Many sports people use this, don't they? In, in tennis, in, during halves, you know, you see tennis players put a towel over the head. And they're getting themselves back into the zone or even between points. You, I've read about tennis players that say, I had a few bad points there, a few bad uh, games, but now I'm going to get back into the zone. And, and that's that's a form of meditation, really. You can do all sorts of meditation. You can do laughing meditation, walking meditation, all sorts of things. It's it's uh, it's quite new. It's been around about 5,000 years. So I think it's pretty well tried and tested. Okay, the other thing is similar to meditation, but a little bit different. It's sitting still for 30 minutes, quietly in a room. Now, I learned this from the great Brian Tracy. Uh, his technique involves literally going into a quiet room and sitting there 
for 30 minutes with no music, no coffee, no food, no sandwiches, no crisps, um, nothing to distract you, no TV or music. And, you know, you don't need to do anything. You just sit there for 30 minutes. You don't have to sort of breathe or anything like that, but just try it. Uh, hardly, you know, nowadays we're hardly ever alone with ourselves, are we? We're, you know, we're always distracted by things. We've got to have a phone going. We've got to have this going. We've got to have that going. We've got to have the TV and the music going and, you know, lots of things happening. You know, we're looking at emails, Instagram, Facebook, all you know, flipping from one thing to the other. And a lot of people now find it difficult to just spend time with themselves and be comfortable in their own, their own skin. So just try that. Try that uh, for 30 minutes. It's not as easy as you think. It's very easy to sort of start, oh, I want to do something. I want to just, just look at that phone. So you've got to put the phone away from you. Um, but I, I would certainly recommend that. And you'd be amazed at how relaxed you feel. And you'd be amazed at things that pop into your head, ideas that pop into your head that were perhaps there in the subconscious, but you never you never saw them. And this can happen. The ideas can come later on as well in the day. But you definitely will feel relaxed, refreshed and calmer. So thank you, Brian, for that for that technique. Number four, then, is to go for a walk. Now, this is especially uh, effective if you can walk around nature. Now, if you can't walk through the, the hills of, you know, the Cotswolds or whatever, you just go to a local park, try and be around trees, try and be around nature. It definitely uh, gets us back to uh, where we come from, really, nature. And I think just, just going for that walk, also the exercise, the breathing, you know, I mean, health practitioners suggest that we should be walking for at least 30 minutes every day, a brisk walk for 30 minutes a day. And that's almost an, enough exercise for us, or at least two or three times a week. So you can combine that. You can combine, you know, doing your walks uh, along with, um, you know, getting this this mind free in technique and helping yourself to become more creative. But again, you know, you will find yourself uh, popping up with ideas. Similar thing when you go on holiday, isn't it? When you relax, when you're away from everything, suddenly you think, hmm, I'll, I'll try that, I'll try that, you know. So just just try that, try that walking. Now there's an app on your phone, uh, on, on iPhones anyway, it's a little heart-shaped app and it's called Health. And if you press that, you'll find that, you may find that it's been tracking how many steps you do every day. You can put other data in there. You can put your blood pressure to track that and heart rate and all that sort of thing. But the walking thing is, is quite interesting because you look at it, oh, I've walked 5,000 steps today. I've walked three miles, you know. So just, just have a look at that app. It's free. You don't need to buy a Fitbit or a special watch or anything. Uh, that, 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 that's something I would, I would definitely recommend in terms of fitness as well. Okay, number five is keep a notebook or a journal and write down every idea you think about during the day or during the night, even if you wake up. Uh, just just think about that idea. You might be surprised at how many ideas you're generating right now, but kind of ignoring. Now, Jim Rohn, my, my old mentor, the late Jim Rohn, always recommended keeping a journal. Keep a journal. Don't trust your memories. Don't trust your memory. And it's true. I've had ideas, not written them down and forgotten them. Now, you, you can do this with your dreams. Even when you wake up in the morning, you can write things down that you, you dreamt about. Don't forget, Paul McCartney had a dream about a song, didn't he? He had a dream... Uh, about a, a song called Yesterday. Got up. Did he just forget it? No, he wrote it down. Uh, he, he he made some notes of it and then it worked in his mind over the next few days and he wrote one of the most uh, recorded songs of all time, Yesterday. Okay, so serial entrepreneurs also like Richard Branson, uh, Simon Woodruff, the guy who started the, uh, oh, I've forgotten it now, the, 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 the Yo, Yo Sushi with the, 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 the sushi bar that where the stuff goes around on a little rail. Uh, he he writes things down all the time. Richard Branson keeps journals. Um, and so th these guys, you follow these guys, you know, if they have an idea, they'll get a little notebook out 
and, and write it down. Now you can do this on your phone, of course, but there's something about actually writing that the brain responds to actually handwriting something, but you can do it on your phone. You can do it on a memo recorder, whatever, just do it. Keep, keep a note of things. Then act number six then is act on your ideas immediately. And it's long been known that, um, you know, it's, it's no accident that if you act on an idea immediately, it brings that idea to life. It gives the, the idea far more chance of going from gestation to birth, if you like. Um, so writing it down, putting it in your diary, that's, that's like almost the first step. Actually writing it down is, is actually taking some action or a step. But if you diarize to do something about it later, then you're taking actual, an actual step. Don't just you know, think about it and, and let it drift away. So act on your idea immediately. Now, that could be research. Now, you don't have to go to the library to research something, do you? You can go on Google straight away. So there's no excuse. Now, number seven, and, and, and finally, really, never underestimate the power of your own mind. You, know, you don't have to be a genius to be wealthy or successful. Many wealthy people I know are no more intelligent, some are less intelligent than, than, than the average person. They're not necessarily intellectual geniuses. So, but, but don't underestimate this. Um, you know, I remember working in a sales force many years ago. It was a commission only sales force in, in financial services. And one of the, uh, well, perhaps the, the top guys in the company, but he happened to be in our branch, a guy called Doug. Um, he, I, I'm looking back now, he earned something like 20 times the income of the, the bottom 20% of, of the company. And he probably earned, you know, five, 10 times more than the average. You know, he, he was really like a, a superstar in, in this, this company. Now, um, you know, you, you think that this guy must be some super slick salesman, uh, but he, you know, looking at him, he was an ordinary guy. He didn't seem to work any harder than anybody else. Uh, he put in a, a full day like he did his nine to five day, but he didn't work all night. He didn't really look stressed. Now, you know, things there were things there that did separate him from the rest. Uh, but but other than that, I mean, he was a, a fairly ordinary guy. He was probably a guy in his 50s. He had a beard. He, he looked like he was pushing 60. Um, and, you know, but. Some of the things that he, I mean, he did do things a little bit differently. He didn't stand around chatting to the, the boys about how bad things were around the coffee machine. He ignored that. He did have a PA, uh, which which most of the, the younger guys probably couldn't do or couldn't afford, but he had a PA. Um, but other than that, he seemed fairly ordinary. Now, I, I took him out on an appointment with me once because I had a complex case and I said, could you come out with me? We'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll work on this together. And I thought, you know, I'm really going to see this super salesman. What is it, this, this guy? What is Doug doing that's different? He must be some really super salesman. He's going to go in there and close the sale and all that sort of thing. But actually, it, it wasn't like that at all. He was a quiet sort of guy. Um, he did more listening than talking. He just talked on a matter of fact basis. He got to the point. But, you know, other than that, just ordinary guy. Um, so you don't have to be some superstar to, to be successful. Now, the manager of the branch actually got him to give us a talk. Uh, he was getting the top people to give us a talk and he, he was the top guy. So he said, Let, let's let's in one of the branch meetings, he said, give us give the, the guys a talk about how you do so well, how you earn so much commission. Uh, going back now, he was earning about £150,000 a year. Uh, this is going back to um, mid 80s, early 80s. Well, that, that's quite a lot of money now, let alone then. So he, he was earning a lot of money. Now, I thought to myself, right, you know. We're going to really see some secrets here, how this guy does it. I was really excited about this talk. 
And uh, I thought we're going to get some really interesting stuff that I really get my teeth into. But actually, you know, the talk was, I was a little bit disappointed with the talk because he just stood there and said, yeah, this is what I do. I make phone calls. I, I, I follow people up and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, but there wasn't any major secret. There wasn't any, you know, hallelujah moment, you know. Uh, so I, I thought, what the, what the hell? You know, how does he do this? But now looking back now, two things did stick in my mind that separates him from from the rest of them. Firstly, he was a relentless prospector and marketer. You know, he, he was always sending out letters, always making calls. He had a telesales girl, always making calls. So that was one thing. He was always marketing. He never stopped marketing. So he, he looked at it as a numbers game. He had plenty of appointments in his diary. He always had a, a good funnel there um, of people going into the funnel that would eventually turn up in, into to sales. Secondly, now this this is what this what this is the point I'm getting to here. Um, when asked by an audience member what his secret to success was, he did he did something that I'll always remember. He just got his finger and he pointed it to his head and he said, "It's all up there. It's all up there. It's in your mind." And then he kind of walked off, and that was the end of his talk. So remember, it's it's all up there. It's in your mind. Now you only need one good idea followed through with action, followed through with persistence to turn your fortunes around. Believe me. Now, there are thousands of stories of men and women from, you know, 10 year old YouTube kid, you know, millionaire sensations to, you know, the famous Colonel Sanders, who, you know, started the, his chicken company when he was 65, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, you know, he was 65, unable to live on his pension. So he had this secret recipe, you know, and he went round. And this is a guy in a white suit with a beard, 65 years old with a secret chicken recipe. You know, do you think he got that off the ground easily? No, of course he didn't. You know, a guy in a white suit comes into you and says, I've got this chicken recipe. What are you going to say? Apparently he approached something like 2000 companies before he got it off the ground. And that's persistence. So just think about that. So those are my uh, seven techniques. Uh, open your mind, clear the clutter from your mind, sit still for 30 minutes, uh, do a bit of meditation, go for a walk, uh, clear your mind by walking, get that creative, those creative juices flowing Keep a notebook or journal. Uh, number six, act immediately on those ideas. Uh, do something, take some action. And finally, never underestimate the power of your own mind. So I want you to get more creative, see those opportunities and start seizing the opportunities. Okay, thank you very much for listening. This has been Charles Kelly, bringing you money tips to help you earn, save, make, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 